We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Tuesday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford at Studio here with you today. We are uh, going to talk some different things. We're going to talk to Gabe DeArmond, our friend from PowerMizzou.com, you know, out of our huge, huge village of rivals, co-patriots that we're all tight with. Gabe, one of, uh, one of those guys. Hey, we're, we're small but mighty, okay? That's the that's the way this works. Uh, so Gabe, uh, Gabe joining us here in a little bit, actually in here pretty soon, about 15 minutes or so, as Ole Miss and Missouri tip off from the pavilion tonight, 6 o'clock for, uh, for that one. Um, injuries potentially on both sides. We don't know about Matthew Morrell's status as of this morning at 818. Uh, Kobe Brown for Missouri also uh, did not play against Alabama. His status, at least to me at the moment, is unknown, so I don't know what that looks like, and maybe that plays into the line a little bit. I see this morning Ole Miss a one-and-a-half-point favorite over um, – what is that? Um, Just an ad. Oh, okay. One-and-a-half-point favorite over Missouri this morning. Um on several different uh, Vegas sites there for that. So that and more coming up today. Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford, lunch specials, ribs, whatever you like. Tons of different options. You come into town, you know what the lunch specials, you get any size fountain drink and bread as well. They can take care of dinner tonight. They've got side items. They can call call ahead and have it all wrapped up and ready to go for you whenever you're coming through there on Highway 6 West or up and down I-55 throughout North Mississippi as well. And again, come to from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. You call it. You ask for Corey Clark. You tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop it around. You can do what I've done, but I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service. Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. People say, what does that mean? Call the number. You'll find out. 662-257-1900. Gabe DeArmond. Others will join on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. If you're a displaced corporate exec or you want to put your career in your own hands, maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify, Andy Ludicky can help. He's a longtime Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, franchise veteran, owns multiple franchises and businesses, 
uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands. It's 100% free. Got nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise, myperfectfranchise.net, or contact Andy anytime at Andy at myperfectfranchise.net, or call him on his cell, 404-973-9901. What do you make of that that line tonight? Missouri coming in 14-5 and on the season, their last game. They got rolled by Alabama 85-64 in, uh, in that one team under a first-year coach with Dennis Gates. They've been really good offensively, defensively up and down, depending mm-hmm. on the uh, the game. But uh, a game that, I mean, it's in Oxford, obviously. Ole Miss hasn't quit, still playing tough for the most part. But Morrell does not appear to be either playing or definitely not 100% tonight. And with that being the case, um, it's an interesting line for Vegas this morning. Um, Ole Miss hasn't been getting blown out. Um, Missouri played Poorly against Bama without Kobe Brown. Um, not sure it would have mattered. Alabama's one of the two best teams in the country as of this moment. I think they're the best team in the country. I've watched Purdue. I've watched Purdue. I think Alabama's better. Um, I don't know. Home game, weird game. I think Vegas kind of waiting for Missouri to tumble down to earth a little bit. Some of that. Um, I mean, I get it. If Brown doesn't play, they're going to have a hard time generating a lot of offense. Ole Miss has a hard time generating offense, and if they don't have Morrell, it's going to be really hard to generate offense. Maybe it's in a rock fight. You just give the home team a couple of points. Probably not a hell of a lot of action on this game, I'm guessing. Of all the college basketball across the country today, I mean, it's not I where they're going to have the biggest handle. I mean, I, mean, I don't mean that as a, as a, as a knock either. Um, just... I just can't imagine this is a game that too many sharps are like focused in on. Elsewhere around the SEC tonight, Arkansas giving uh, eleven and a half to LSU in Fayetteville tonight. LSU really has tumbled since that hot start for the uh, the Tigers. I'm curious well to see whether that game can get played. I know LSU got into town, but they're expecting a, a lot of a lot of snow. Oh, really? Up there, yeah. Okay. Oh, I by guess the they'll way. play the game. It'll be a matter of getting them out. Big total here for Ole Miss, by the way. Ole Miss, Missouri tonight, uh, one forty-seven and a half is the uh, the total, the over under there on uh, on that one. On which one? Ole Miss and Missouri, one forty-seven. Oh my God, pound the under! You got to get up into the seventies. Wow, give me the under on that. You like that? Yeah. With those two injuries, especially, hey, anybody scoring? Yeah, seventy seventy-four seventy-three does not cover tonight. Ole Miss and Missouri, it's not enough. Do you see where the speaking of lines, is this accurate? What? That the Bengals Chiefs line has moved to Bengals minus two? If so, that says something about Pat Mahomes' health. I'll have to look. I don't know. I have not seen that off the top of my head, though. Huh. Hold on. I can tell you quickly. I'm already on the site. Um I've got it at yeah, I've got it at one and a half. It's moved from Cincinnati plus two and a half to Cincinnati minus one and a half on my book. I'm using Odd Shark for anyone curious. I'm making a post on rebelgrove.com as we speak. Tysheem Johnson just did one of those tweets where he puts the pin, and he's in Miami, Florida. Florida. So I don't know whether that means he has committed or signed. or. So does that mean FIU, or is he going to Coral Gables, and he just isn't right? He's missing the exact place he's at. That's a great question. 
I mean, just did, saying. Did, did he start a Tuesday thread? Uh, yeah, there's a thread. Oh. Is it not? Yeah. I don't see it, but I'm looking. Hold on. Oh, there, there it is. Yeah. So you yeah. think Tashim is in Miami? Well, he's indicating via the Twitter machine. He said Miami, Florida? He put just the pen down. And, and okay. I looked at his location, and it says Oh, he Miami. has location mm-hmm. on it. Okay. Look at you sleuthing over there. I know, man. I love me some Cruton. God, I love it. Love Cruton. There's nothing. There's is nothing. this Cruton if you're if it's Portal? You, if it's, you can't beat the Portal. Portal Cruton is the best Cruton. Because he's just no telling. Just no telling. It's the best for intrigue. We'll say that. It's the best I, for intrigue. I mean, I guess. Just curious. What I love is people go, what does it mean? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's, there. he's in Miami. I mean, I don't, it beats me. He can just be on vacation. Say he's on a recruiting trip. People ask all the time, what's the most frustrating part of what you do or mm-hmm. whatever? I was listening to a Bengals podcast yesterday at the gym. Okay. You really are all in. It was a good podcast. Okay. And it was the two guys that covered the Bengals for the athletic. All right. And they were talking about the locker room after the game. Getting in the locker room, talking to all the people. You were able to convey to the people reading your work what happened, what the atmosphere was like, what the team was saying, what guys said. We don't get to do anything like that anymore. We get this very sterile um, plate put in front of us. And we're asked, hey, make a meal out of this. And there's not much on the plate. And I think what's happened to to us sometimes is we're like, ah, screw it. Just take the plate. and Here, here's your plate. Here's slop. Because there's nothing on it, right? And like you were watching them, they had a lot of material. Because like, they were diving into the whole thing about the Bengals being motivated by the tickets and they were like hey you know the Bengals were selling tickets for the AFC championship game in the event that it were Jacksonville at Cincinnati they were pre-selling yeah sure he's like you know that somehow that didn't factor in and it was, like, it was kind of brilliant you know that you have to find ways to motivate and stuff but they had talked to all these different people who said all these different things and I thought we don't get to do anything like that instead literally I could text six people at Ole Miss right now hey Tashim is he going to Miami Silence. And I don't know why college athletics has suddenly become top secret. If you look at professional sports, they're the opposite of that. And they're thriving. And college athletics, for some reason, and I'm I'm, I'm throwing you a curveball here this morning, college athletics, for some reason, has become secret. Is it, and I don't know, we we can discuss this out. And maybe I'm setting up our conversation later as I want to dive into Ross Dellinger's story on revenue sharing that's trying to get brought into the or is brought into the California legislature. Is it because we've gotten so freaking player friendly that they are not doing anything to give anything on what a player is doing? That we are no longer allowed to discuss a player? Is that even potentially possible? And I get it's not necessarily from a recruiting standpoint on what you're trying to, but you know what I mean? Like, Maybe. By God, we don't talk about players anymore. It's They get whatever they want, and we don't talk about it. You know what? I think this season, for me, I'm just going to tell people now, I think I'm turning a new leaf on that. Okay. 
I think I'm not sharpening the talons or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. but I'm taking off the gloves. Why, why are we? Why? Why do we? Why do we defend? Why do we give everyone the benefit of the doubt? I don't. I don't think we should. I think it's fair to ask legitimate questions. Just hey, if we're going to, well, and there is a different standard on a player who's getting a six-figure contract to play a sport versus somebody who's not. Yeah. Oh no, you're getting paid. Hey, what, what's I mean, up? We hear numbers. So I think it's fair to ask questions or to write more critically. I mean, we've set the stage for this. Lane Kiffin's making $9 million basically next year. I mean, I, I think I th- if I'm Ole Miss, I'm expecting $9 million worth of results. And if I don't get it, I'm disappointed. And I just, I'll, I'll express, I'll, I would express that disappointment if I were them. I don't think that's, I don't think that's unrealistic. I mean, we're doing the Rashada thing. Let's say he had gone to Florida. Let's say they'd followed through and paid him $13 million. No, you're on the clock, champ. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, we're paying you a ton. Hey, well, let's go. I mean, the Yankees expect Aaron Judge to produce. Yeah, Aaron Judge next year hits 208 with 18 home runs, and they go, whoa, whoa, hold on. The contract's, Suddenly, the contract's a big part of the talking point. Yeah. You don't say that about the middle reliever on the major league minimum who comes in and struggles and gets sent down to AAA. Nobody goes, well, you know, you didn't earn your check. He's made the minimum. I don't know. It's interesting. I think the guests we're about to get, Gabe, I think Gabe agrees with me on this. We haven't really discussed this. I mean, look, the I mean, we got plenty of time. It's not, I mean, we're going to Gabe in two minutes. So, I mean, we, we got plenty of time to discuss this over the months and coming up, but the Lane Kiffin $9 million, what are the expectations, is a fascinating argument because, I mean, I've, I've heard through Grapevine a little bit that I think Lane would argue, nope, job's still the same. You're just paying me a lot of money, and I really appreciate it, but it doesn't make it where it's easier to win. And, I mean, that's a lot of cake and eat it, too, right there. I mean, hey, I mean, it, it, because that becomes a, well, hold on a minute. I mean, paying you to keep Ole Miss relevant into a national conversation deep into the season and starting in 2024, paying you to make the playoff occasionally, pretty often. I mean, hey, like that's the that is the deal. Where does nine million rank in his field? Is it top? Is it it's top twelve? Ish, yeah, it's top ten. Is it top twelve? Yeah. Then you're asking him to make the playoff. That is the expectation. Yeah. As opposed to the coach making five million, you're not asking him to make the playoff. Is that program dependent? Is Kentucky asking Mark Stoops to do that at eight point five? Yes, yes, yes. That's you're you're expecting those expectations. I think Kentucky would argue we're overpaying you for you to just simply keep us relevant. Then Does that need, make sense? If then you state that publicly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If if but the easy plus one well, plus I mean, one I, 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 part of the Dak Prescott conversation today is you're making how much money? Yeah, it's not that you're a bad quarterback. It's well, that well, no one's saying this about. Yeah. Um, trying to think of somebody. I'm trying Skylar to. Skylar Thompson. Geno Smith. Yeah. Nobody sure. says Geno Smith. Man, you failed. No, you had a good year. Yeah, because your expectation because of what you make and where you are. Hey, that's totally yeah, different. Part of, the, part of the Brock Purdy conversation is Mr. Irrelevant. Boy, you've exceeded expectations. Yeah. Now, when he signs a big contract at some point, okay, now we're expecting you to do it. Yeah. Well, and like BWL makes a point here, but I, I, my counter to that is he said we're paying Lane for more than W is. He brings a lot of publicity to Ole Miss. He only brings that level of publicity if he wins. And the only place he goes goes six and six, seven and uh, come on, listen. listen, He goes six and six, seven and five. He's not on the Dan Patrick show anymore. No, and and you won't. It takes a certain level of competency to get that level of attention. And you won't like his Twitter account at six and six. 
you'll be like, stop tweeting, start coaching. And I you and literally you can bet on that. And you only help the academic side of things if you're winning a lot of football games. Because, yes, Lane Kiffin does a great job on helping the university as a whole when he is winning to a high level or a moderately high level. It's fascinating. You can get plenty of time. But, no, you're right. I mean, look, players, that is the other side of this, is that suddenly, no, hold on a minute. You're making a lot of money. Let's talk about it. It's very fair. It's more than fair. Again, it, it's, it's we're going to get into the revenue thing in a minute after Gabe. We're into this era right now where it's done, by God, just the, we, we can't question the players, but then they get whatever they want. It's like, well, hold on a minute. We've gone so far the other way from where we were that it, it makes no sense. All right, Gabe. And for whatever reason, I think we've all played along too long. That's just me. I think because there's a fear that if you get perceived as being negative, that you'll get canceled. And I don't think you do. I just think that's your job. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm nuts. I'm, I'm looking for Gabe's number, so. Might even have it. By the way, if you are a uh, Oxford soccer or Clinton soccer fan, the game has been moved to Wednesday night. Oh, it has? It has. Okay. So, after me saying that there is no common sense anymore, there's common sense. So it just happened. Literally just happened. Okay. Which is fine. I kept thinking, surely we're going to come to our senses. Because there's a 100% chance of rain and thunder tonight there and a 0% chance tomorrow. You move the game. Yeah, sure. Right? And they have until the winner plays Saturday in the next round? That is correct. Okay. Clinton's ranked number one in the country among 6A teams. Are they really? According to Max Preps, yeah. Really? Are they undefeated? Yeah, uh, they've no one cares. They've tied one game. They're the defending champs. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, Oxford played them. We lost one nothing in December. Oh, so you're running into a buzzsaw early in the playoffs here. Is what you're saying? Our season's either going to end or we're going to wake up going. We've got a chance. <laughs> Do they lose a lot going into next season? <laughs> like, is, is, Let's hope so. <laughs> I didn't know you were playing Georgia football tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, their goal differential is just 63 to 9. I mean, what, is what's that it? Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. They're a really good team. Please leave your message for. Oh, try him again a minute. He'll call back. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they're, nobody cares. I don't know, but it's January 24th. They only, they did only beat Madison Central two to one the other day. So, I mean, it's, yep. it's, now they've hammered a lot of other people. But anyway, did y'all play Madison Central this year? No, played, uh, Northwest Rankin. Didn't they play Northwest Rankin? Clinton. Clinton. Uh, Germantown four to nothing, Murrah seven nothing, Madison Central two one are their last three games. Okay. They beat Tupelo four to one. They beat Tupelo four to one. Yeah. We beat Tupelo two to one twice. Okay. 
They tied Northwest Rankin, as you said. Okay, and we beat Northwest Rankin two to nothing. Okay, so scores. Hey, hey, because hey. transitive property really does a lot of well and works. Does he know it's coming from a weird number? Yes, um, we've texted back and forth. Hello, Gabe. Uh, no, this is Chandler. I'm sorry, I've called the wrong number. <laughs> I can't see. I do not like this system. <laughs> he handled it better when we called the woman the other night at 10:45 or whatever that day. So, my bad, Chandler. Yeah, I'm sure Chandler's listening. Yeah, it's a little clunky. Yeah, it's it's a lot clunky. It actually kind of sounded like him at first, though. I I, I got to look hey, at you. What's up? what's up, Gabe? How are you? Not bad. You're uh, live, by the way. You're live, by the way. Oh, okay. Good uh, deal. Yeah. Welcome into the show, Gabe DeArmond. Covers, Hi, everybody. <laughs> he covers Missouri for PowerMizzou.com. Uh, we, we just called somebody named Chandler. I don't know if they were in the Columbia, Missouri area or what. Neil called their own number. So we, 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 we could have talked to somebody else two seconds ago, but, you know. It's all good. Yeah, I don't know a Chandler, um, but I hope he's doing well or she or whoever it might have been. It, it appeared to be a male. It kind of sounded like you, actually. Was, he sounded was, happy. He was having a good day. Was he? Uh, I mean, if you just want to call him back, uh, you know, I got stuff to do. He could do the interview. He'd probably nah. do just as good a job. <laughs> he, he, he would probably spend as much time as we're about to spend on Missouri and Ole Miss basketball before we get into another topic. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I really only have one question on that is how is Ole Miss favored tonight in this game? I texted Neil the same question last night. I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, Missouri's 0-3 on the road, but, you know, they, they lost at Arkansas, lost at A&M and Florida. I think those are all better teams than Ole Miss. But also, nobody knows if Kobe Brown's going to play because he didn't play last game. I, I don't know. It surprises me a little bit. I mean, if if Missouri's going to be an NCAA tournament team, which is clearly the goal, they, they can't lose this game. You know, you got to steal a couple of road games, and, and this needs to be one of them. Oh, it definitely does. They had a, what, 17-point lead at Arkansas and then and let it get away. Um, they were in those other games. They haven't been able to finish them. Um, is this – you've watched this team. You've seen tournament teams. You've seen teams that are not tournament teams. Is this a tournament team? I think it's a tournament team. Um, it's not as good as Missouri fans wanted to think it was after they had beaten Illinois and Kentucky back-to-back when people were talking about the top four in the SEC. But I think it's a tournament team. I mean, they, their path is basically win the home games, win at Ole Miss or Georgia or LSU, win, win one or two of those, and, and you're looking at 22 wins probably, and, and I think that's pretty safely in. Is it just Gates? Has he come in and changed the mentality? The, is it? Is, I mean, I know he brought in some new players, brought in some of his guys. Is it just a culture shift? Because it looks like people are actually going to the games and having fun again. Yeah, that's a big. I mean, it's the it's the way they play too. Um, they they're one of the best offensive teams in the country, or at least have been most of the year. The last couple games might have hurt that a little bit, but I mean. They were at one point averaging, I think they're averaging about 84 points a game. They get up and down. They cause it. It's a little bit like Mike Anderson's uh, style of basketball, but I compared this to Mike's early teams at Missouri where 
he didn't really have the guys to do everything he wanted to do, but he still had his system in place enough to make them competitive. Missouri's problem right now is if you can force them to not play that style, if you just slow down and get them in a half-court game, if you're decent, you beat them. I mean, that's what Florida did. That's what A&M did. And, and I think if those games are in Columbia, Missouri wins. Uh, but on the road, a half-court game, they – they struggled. Uh, they were three for 28 from three against Alabama last weekend. That's, uh, that's not great. Um, I'm not saying I could do that in a Division One game, but one of you guys might be able to. Um, you know, I think that came out to 10.7%. To but back to why Ole Miss is favored, like, the home and road, I've never seen anything like officiating in college basketball, the differences between the home and the road. I mean, Missouri shot 40 free throws against Arkansas uh, – last week at home, including some just mind boggling <laughs> calls, but then you know, they, they go on the road and they, they barely get to the line in, in, in Gainesville or in Fayetteville. And you know, it's, it's just so easy to influence them. A quick reminder that Morgan Wallen is bringing his one night at a time tour to Bald Hemingway stadium. That's April 22nd and April 23rd tickets for both nights still available. Start at just $78. To purchase those, you can visit morganwallen.com. The podcast is also brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Remember your national champion baseball team back for another exciting year of Ole Miss baseball. Show your support for their efforts on the field this season by signing up for the Pledge Per Win and Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday. They're allocated into your blue priority point total and are up to 90% tax deductible. So sign up today. Give to athletics.com slash donate or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. Podcast also brought to you by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com, seven different flavors available for you. You can get everything from their newest option, the New Orleans-style barbecue. It is my new favorite. The signature is a favorite as well. Very versatile options. The full meals in a bag, the garlic herb butter, the French Quarter Alfredo, or the Simply Shrimp. So you can season yourself for those with a few more discerning of a palate. But either way, you get it shipped directly to your door and in fewer than 10 minutes, freezer to plate with Prime Shrimp. Use code MPW for $20 off your first order. Again, PrimeShrimp.com. We've been telling you the last few days it is king cake season with Johnston Hill Creamery. JohnstonHillCreamery.com. Let them help you out with a king cake from now. All you need is 24 hours notice. You call up. They've got some new flavors. They've got their uh, their cheesecake flavor, which was a huge hit. Con Praline, the new blueberry cheesecake. All the different options there at Johnston Hill Creamery. All their cheeses locally and in-house every day. Order right online. Go to their Instagram page, johnstonhillcreamery.com. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy. 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync to fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it with G&M. You can also transfer those medications. You can do that easily. You make one phone call. They take care of the rest. G&M, Tyson Drugs, 662-236-2222. That game in Columbia I felt bad for both teams by the end of it. I didn't watch a lot of it because I was watching an NBA game. What? But Why didn't you feel bad for me? I had to be there. Well, I, I did feel bad for anybody who had to cover it because you're just writing okay, a story. Good. You're writing a story about free throws. But if you're the kids on either one of those two teams, no matter whether you like Missouri or, or like Arkansas or hate them both or whatever, if, if you're the kids on those two teams, they don't know how to play by the end of the game. 
I, I, I can't. What, what, what am I supposed well, to do? That has to be a, an incredibly frustrating thing when your coach is yelling at you and, and you're like, hey, I, I didn't touch him. And then they go back and look at it. And sure enough, right. sure enough, I didn't touch him. I mean, you've got guys in foul trouble that are, are fouling out or whatever or, or, quote, committing big fouls and there's no contact. Yeah, I mean, and there were some bad calls both ways. Oh, yeah, both the ways. Yeah. The beneficiary of, of more than the other. But it, it was the textbook game for the fan that says, this is a bad sport that I don't watch anymore. Yep. That's why. I mean, yep. there were 56 fouls called in that game, I think, and 60-some-odd free throws. And, I mean, I credit Missouri in one sense in that in the second half it just became obvious all you have to do is dribble close to the basket and you're going to the free throw line. But just go do that. And Missouri did, and they made the free throw, so I guess they deserve credit. But, I mean, it was an 8 o'clock game that took two hours and 40 minutes. It was awful. Yeah. 2.40. It started. It, it, I watched like that. I might, I might be exaggerating. Either way. Jesus. The NBA game I was watching ended, and I, I – I figured everything was over, and I just flipped, and they still had like four and a half, five minutes left, and so that's what I watched. And, <laughs> and then those four and a half, five minutes took another forty minutes. Well, they took a half hour. Seriously, they took an absolute half hour, and yeah. like, and you you could see the frustration on both teams because they just don't they don't know what to do. It, it's we could get off on this tangent forever. Let me ask you about this, uh, Eli Drinkwitz, who we almost ended up covering here. I'm convinced. Um. He's he's trying to get into the portal, uh, all that stuff. Um, how's how is Missouri's portal recruiting going? How much are they losing, gaining? You don't have to break it down. And then and then from an NIL standpoint, where does where does Mizzou stand right now? If, if best you can tell, as it compares to the rest of the league. Yeah, they, they've done. You know, I think the only goal for any coach in the portal is just get more than you lose. Right. I mean, they lose Dominic Lovett, who was the third leading receiver in the league to to Georgia. And, and then Missouri fans said, well, why is he going there? He's going to be the fifth guy. And then they had a guy transfer and another guy get arrested. And all of a sudden it looks like he might play pretty well down there. Uh, but they've gotten I, I think they've gotten more out of it than they've put into it, because outside of Lovett, most of the guys that have gone into it were guys that, that weren't really playing. I mean, I think they've had 16 guys go in or something like that, but only one or two of them is, is an impact player at all. So you just kind of flip the roster every year. They got a quarterback from Miami, Jake Garcia, so he's going to come in here and compete for the starting job. I mean, he was a top 50 national recruit with – just the most 2022 story ever. He was from California and COVID canceled his season. So his parents got legally separated so that he was allowed to move and play high school football in Georgia. And then a couple schools in Georgia said for some reason he couldn't play there. So he ended up at like five high schools in four years and his senior year won a state title in Georgia, actually beat Missouri's redshirt freshman Sam Horn in that state title game. Uh, then he went to Miami, played a little bit. Tyler Van Dyne beat him out, and uh, and now he's coming here. So you know he is uh, he is well traveled and kind of the poster boy for for college football. But uh, nil wise, I, I don't know, man. You guys know this. Who do you believe, right? Yeah, it's fair. Do you believe that there was thirteen million dollars for Jaden Rashada? I mean, I believe they told him that. I believe some people at Florida probably said over time we'll get you thirteen million dollars. I don't believe anybody at Florida had $13 million to give him 
immediately, which maybe was the problem. I don't know. But I've not gotten any indication that, you know, Missouri's coaches feel like they don't have as much as they need. I I mean, are are they ever going to go out and do some of these Tennessee, Florida rumored type deals? No, because that's not where they stand in college football. But I I think they've got enough to put themselves in position where, okay, you're competitive. Uh, You know, you're whatever your place is in the league, six to 10th or whatever in this. And now you've got to go be better than that on the field. All right, got a question. You and I have very similar backgrounds, more traditional media. Your father was a journalism legend in, in that state at the Kansas City Star. You've grown up around it. We've always had this attitude, and I think it's always been fairly appropriate that, you know what, we got to kind of protect the kids. Can't really write about the kids. Can't, can't hold the kids to that high of a standard. They're amateurs. And now we've got these coaches that, like the coach we cover, I'm not not criticizing him. He says it over and over and over. These are professional sports. It's a professional sport. Yeah. The players are getting paid. The coaches are making exorbitant amounts of money. Are, are Is it time that we have a paradigm shift in what we do and we begin to cover them more, quote, professionally? In other words, like you cover Missouri very similar to the way you would cover the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I think it's fair to some degree, and and I kind of said that two years ago. Look, there there are multiple kids on this roster making more money than I make, and good for them. They're more valuable probably than I am. But uh, point being, if you are getting a quarter of a million dollars and you your team loses a game because of the way you played, I'm now going to write that. I, I, I'm going to write, hey, it was the three interceptions that beat them, and they were terrible plays, you know. And, and I think we've always written that a little bit, but but we've like you said, you always kind of hedge your bets. And, hey, he's a 19-year-old kid, you know. Yeah, but now he's a 19-year-old kid, and he's being paid to do this, and if he's not doing it, it's fair to say he's not doing it. Um, it's still, you know, I, I think where everything gets blurry is, so many people that do this are so invested in whether the teams win or lose that it gets personal and emotional and it can't do that. Like, I don't care how much money, you know, whoever starts at quarterback for Ole Miss is, you don't go call him a bum. You can say sure. he had a flat, bad game. You can say he didn't play well, but you don't insult him, you know? So that's, that's always, that's still the line for me. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, if I, if I covered the chiefs and they lose this weekend, I, I wouldn't call Patrick Mahomes names. You know, um, I, I would just say he played badly and, and they lost the game because of it. Uh, and, and I think that's fair in college sports now. I mean, yeah, I think... it's not it, 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 it's not college sports. It's 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 a lower level of NFL or NBA. Which is super interesting kind of going forward, because if you think about it, if it becomes the minor leagues, how many people are really interested in the minor leagues? Like a lot of people are interested. Well, in, right. You know, a lot of people are interested in the Cardinals or the Royals, but not too many people are all that dialed into whatever the Omaha team is. Because those aren't the best players. I mean, if I'm going to watch a pro sport, I want to watch the one with the best player. Sure. And it, it, nobody watches the G League. Nobody watches junior college basketball. You know, in, in, in high school, the, the varsity game's a big deal. The JV game, nobody cares about it except the parents. So it, it's kind of the same deal, and it, it you know, it's pretty interesting. Missouri's best player in basketball is Kobe Brown. Came here as a 
you know, he's a solid recruit, but like wasn't a top 200 guy or anything like that. And it turned himself into all SEC player, you know, finalist for or semifinalist or whatever for national player of the year. And, and I've had some people say this year, like he reminds me why I liked college sports. Cause I saw him come here as a guy that was, he was okay. And then he stuck around here for four years and I kind of feel like I know him and I've watched him develop and that just doesn't happen anymore. I mean, Missouri has 10 new guys on this team from last year, and they're going to have six, seven new guys on the team next year and probably the year after that and the year after that. And you just bring quarterbacks into audition for the job. And college sports is so much more emotional than the pros has always been transaction, right? We cheer for laundry. Well, in college, whether you think it makes sense or not, these people cheer for, I mean, that's my school. I'm invested in that. I have a piece of that financially and emotionally and, I go back to campus and I have all these memories and all that. And they want the kids to be the same way. And it's just not that way now. They're, they're just all, it, it's an exaggerated version of pro sports because at least in pro sports, they have contracts that keep them around for multiple years. Here you're just a free agent every single year now. Yeah, it's the drum I keep beating, Gabe. I think we're getting bell curved into a, a fall of college sports in some way because of it. Because I think every year you're taking something else from the fan, whether it be games are longer, it's more expensive. They have no emotional connection to the players. The Frankly, from a media relations standpoint, it tightens up and tightens up and tightens up. There's no way to get impactful emotionally if you're a fan compared to 10 years ago, definitely 20 years ago. I mean, I, I think over time that is actually going to lead to a change in discretionary money in, 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 in time. Yeah, well, and I've compared it to it's like okay, if you, it's like college sports is taking the fan and they're saying, okay, let's put them in a room and lock the door and see if if they still hang on. Okay, they're still hanging on. Take away the bet. Okay, now take away the fan. Now take away the chair. Let's just see how much we can strip away from them, and they're still going to keep coming back to us, you know. And so far, they are and. I don't know, man. Sports fandom is its a really tough thing to just quit, right? You, you can say you're going to quit, and people do it all the time. But in the end, you still kind of – I mean, I basically quit watching Major League Baseball. I, I haven't watched a game in, in three years. But if the Royals get back in playoff contention, I know I'll watch in September. Like, it's just this thing that I, I don't care how much you say you're going to give it up. It's really, really hard to give up. Hey, you added a Rawls Chapman. You, you bolstered the bullpen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I mean, at least it, it, it makes it easy to cheer for when your team's fighting such good dudes. And, you know. <laughs> 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 this, this guy, you want to see succeed? Hey, I, I have a soft spot for a Rawls Chapman. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, 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 I just, I just kind of turned, turned, a, turned an eye to it, you know, and said, just keep getting outs, yeah. bud. Right. Yeah. 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 You're just, uh, you're, you're the chess piece. Go, go do what I want you to do and, and I'll ignore the rest. Of We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I mean, there is a part of me that, because I can almost hear people in the background saying it, and I'll, I'll acknowledge it, that I wonder if the reason we kind of get this way is because like you and I, and Chase, to some degree, I mean, Chase is younger than us, but when we started this, like I can remember covering Auburn 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, all those years. I can remember by the end of a player's career, I kind of knew the guy. Yes. I mean, I'd covered him for four years. I'd talked to him. I don't know, pick a player at Auburn that comes to mind. Ben Leard, Rob Pate, Alex Lincoln, Ronnie Daniels. I knew those guys. They knew my name. Um, yep. you know, by the end of, by the end of four years, they, they knew who we were. Uh, we, we would talk. There was, I mean, not when I say a relationship, it wasn't like we were buddies or whatever, but I don't know. You could small talk. There was, there was a conversation that was there. Um, and, and now that, I mean, there, that there doesn't, that, played. that doesn't exist now, Gabe. There's guys, I guarantee you there's guys who played at Missouri last year who have no idea who you are. Oh, 100%. I mean, there are guys that played in Missouri between 2003 and probably, I don't know, up to about 2010 or 12 that, like, I still keep in touch with. You know, now part of that is when I covered them, I was, you know, 32 and not 46, and, and that makes a difference. But also, I mean, I mean, I text with them, and, and we'll, you know, we see each other. They'll, they know who I am. They've, they've met my wife and kids before, things like that. And not that we're friends, like you said, but but you know each other and, and you know them beyond this transactional relationship. And that doesn't exist anymore. Now the relationship is, okay, if your coach says it's okay, four times a year you're going to be the guy that has to sit in front of me and eight other guys who ask you questions and all we need is just, okay, can you please say words so that I can write whatever <laughs> words you say? Yes. And then we'll move on and we'll do it again. And then I'll do it with somebody else who the coach says can talk to me the next time. And that's it. 
And it, it's worse for everybody. I mean, it's it, fans. Fans don't care until they don't get those stories, right? Until they don't know the kids, and, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, this sucks. I don't even know that guy." It's like, "Yeah, neither do I." I've talked. I mean, yeah, that's the that's the hard part about starts it. Starts at quarterback for Missouri. There's a decent chance I will never have talked to him before he starts a game this year. Yeah, I mean, it's you it, know, I mean, ever. It's the reason I still like baseball. You can walk around and do whatever you want to do. And you just happen to be covering in a place where it matters enough that you can do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, football-wise, no no clue. No idea. I mean, outside of NIL-related interviews, Quinshawn Judkins, we have not spoken to. Yet the opposite of that is if, if, I'm a, if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, by the end of a football season, if I follow the Chiefs, whether it's in the Kansas City Star or in the Athletic or whatever, right, I, I, I feel like I know half the roster. Those guys have a level of... Well, and, and the thing... Yes. The, the NFL now has... The NFL, the ultimate, like, the no-fun league has far better access than college sports do. And the thing is, it's bad for the kids on two levels, right? These kids are supposedly making money off their name, image, and likeness. But the fans don't know this. I, I mean, it would do these kids good. Yeah, ultimately, it's based on the play. But it would also do them good to get out and and show their personality a little bit. And so fans go, hey, I like that dude, man. I wonder if there's something I can do to help him out. And then they get to the NFL, and they're going to have to talk to the media. I mean, I've always said, like, coaches think we are out to get these kids. If they think we're hard on these kids, I mean, wait wait till they get to the pros and throw a pick six to lose a playoff game. They haven't seen media that's hard on them, you know, or fans that are hard on them until that happens. And so – it's worse for for all involved. I think they're doing the kids a disservice, but I think it's getting worse because college coaches are the ultimate, like they have to control everything. They've always controlled everything. And now they're losing control of a lot of things because of NIL and, all, and the free transfers and all this stuff. But the one thing they can still control is, by God, you are not going to talk to this kid and ask him about his grandma that raised him when he was when his parents died, you know, because because that would do irreparable harm to my program. Except now you can I mean now there's people that just go, hey, I'm going to pay you 200 bucks for that interview because of NIL. Except they're not going to file the paperwork. I mean, they're just going to pay for it and do it that way. Allegedly, allegedly. If, sorry, if, my fault. If it's if it's worth it to you, more power to you, I guess. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I got families. I yeah. got family. I'd rather spend my money on. I heard a story yesterday. Won't not, name- not families. I want to be clear. I do not have multiple <laughs> families. I have one. <laughs> I mean, I, I will. I, it. I won't name the school at all. I won't name anything about it. But I heard of a staffer being paid. A significant a amount of money, of money, a decent chunk of money under the table for inside information regarding recruiting. I mean, I'd like, yeah. okay. I, I, believe, I mean, you, 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 you care more State than me. Last year it was in Ohio state last year. It was public. There were guys that got banned because they were paying players for practice information. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. That's right. Like, I mean, that's part of public court record. Again, I, whatever I'll operate under the rules. They set forward. As long as the rules are the same for everybody else, ain't worth my personal money. You're a diehard Chiefs fan. How uh, how how concerned yeah. are you? Give me your concern level one to ten on uh, your your boy Mahomes this week. Um, I mean, I think he'll play, and he'll he won't be a hundred percent, but he'll be good. But 
my concern level is more that they are playing uh, Joe Burrow and his alien receivers. Um, you know, I, I like that. I like that the Bengals are favored because um, because I could see a uh, a Michael Jordan. I took that personally interview with Pat after this game. Um, if that happens, but I've reached the point where. I, this is maybe the first time in five years I expect the Chiefs to lose, and I'm just okay with it if they do. Oh, wow. Oh. It's when you know you've gotten pretty fat and happy on your fandom, isn't it? A- a- AFC title game. You, go, ah, you know what? It's going to be all right. Still got Patty moving forward. It's all right. It's all good. Like Literally, this is – and I know your people probably don't care too much to get into the weeds on it, but, I mean, this was a rebuilding year for the Chiefs, right? They, they trade away Tyree Kill. They're on this – first year of Mahomes trillion dollar deal or whatever. This was the year everybody said everybody in the AFC West spent millions and millions of dollars. Let's go catch them. And all they're doing is hosting the AFC title game for the fifth straight year. And guess what? Josh Allen going to get paid pretty soon. And Joe Burrow going to get paid pretty soon. And, and things are going to even out again. That's for sure. Uh, th- those guys are going to get theirs. Yeah, I actually read an ESPN thing today saying uh, this offseason, Burrow and Herbert were both signing contracts that will be more than Rogers' record of fifty point three million per year. Oh, could, yeah, it could, it could be a whole lot worse. He could have Justin Herbert going into his second contract, and he never won a playoff. That's true. Yeah, that's rough. Hey, man, as always, thank you for the time. But yeah, I'm. No, go I'm ahead. Go ahead. This, you got? This go ahead. Game is not during a basketball game, so. Oh, so yeah. I don't have to uh, pretend to be watching the basketball. <laughs> Gabe Gabe tweeted about the about the Chiefs during the Mizzou game, and this guy was like, "You can't focus on the game." He's like, oh, I, I, "He's like, I am focused on the game." <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, the tweet was Nick Bolton's name, a Mizzou alum, after he recovered a game. That was oh, the entire tweet. Okay. That was it. Yeah, the guy got got irritated. Guy, I guess. The thing is, with college basketball, Twitter professional anger, man. You can look up at the last five minutes of a college basketball game, pull up the stats, and you can you can write a decent game recap from stats alone from basketball. The way that well, the, the mean, way the game's played now. I'm not sure how much attention I had to pay to a game they lost by 21 points. The team I think is the best in the country. That was over the second Missouri said that Kobe Brown was not playing. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with you about Bama. Happen and it happened. Yeah, I agree with you about Bama. They're really, really good. They, Alabama fans should probably start getting yeah. a little concerned about Nate Oates leaving. They need to. They need to. I, I mean, Bama's a Bama's a basketball school. Kentucky's a football school. And what the hell's going on? Yep. All right, champ. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. Have a good one. Let her go. It's Gabe DeArmond joining us here. The this morning, yeah. I, when you can just lose an AFC title game and be cool with it, it gets you're, you're at a level there where you've hosted it five in a row, and it's it's, it's five where you in are. a row. Because with the Saints, we never got to that point. It was still unmitigated torture, even so the, as they were pretty good there for a while. So the Chiefs have hosted four in a row and won two. Is that correct? One, two, lost yeah, two. I guess that's right. Yeah. yeah. I guess that would be shows you how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. That's why the Rams are like, "Yep, yeah, it was worth it." Oh, understand without even a thought. Totally worth it. You sold out the future of your franchise for the next five years. Yep. If we needed the material, and it probably now we need it tomorrow, so I'll save it. But I was reading some uh, NFL executive predictions from ESPN. They talked to a bunch of GMs for next year, kind of what okay. they thought in different ways. And 
they think that this is the year that the Rams probably fire sale a little bit and try to get back on a different frame since they are where they are. They have no picks. They only coming off five wins. So it's not like, Hey, one move is going to move us up into a different tier. Right. You've got San Francisco in your division. It might be time to just step back and go, because here's the truth. McVay's not doing this much longer, no matter what. So you're going to have a complete kind of feels kind of feels like McVay's doing this one more year. I think he rides off with Aaron Donald in a year. And so here's my prediction. He, Sean Payton stays with Fox another year, and then Sean Payton goes to the Rams. Well, if you're Sean Payton, now here's your catch on that. Who's your quarterback? Yes, which is all that matters in this league because when Gabe was talking, it's what clicked in my mind. He goes, hey, rebuilding year. It's not rebuilding when you have Patrick Mahomes. It's not rebuilding when you have Joe Burrow. Right. I mean, the Saints went through a lot of stuff. They still were competitive with Drew Brees in his prime because they had Drew Brees. You're never out of your window completely when you have a top three, four quarterback in the NFL. You, know, you talk about those guys, Mahomes, Burrow. When you have a quarterback like that with the kind of, in different ways, but the panache that they both have, your franchise is just so freaking relevant. Well, I mean, and in was, the NFL, it's Kansas City, it's Cincinnati. These are not major markets, and it just doesn't matter. No, it's, it's you know, the NBA has always been good with that as one player can transform a market. The NFL sure. has two. I mean, there was a five-year time period where freaking New Orleans was a top three team in the NFL from an interest-level sure. standpoint. For sure. New Orleans. For sure. Stuck down there, away, whatever, never been any good. I mean. I can't remember who I was listening to. It was on Ryan Rossillo's show. And he said, talking about Cincinnati, he said Cincinnati this season, this offseason, will be a free agent destination. He said the players now know that sure. the clout comes from playing on a contender. 100%. It doesn't matter where. You know, the, the, the no, players are no longer focused on, I want to go to New York. I want to go to L.A. I want to play in Chicago. Nope. I want to play for a winner. That's mm-hmm. where the money is. That's where the clout is. That's where the legacy is. Drew Brees didn't need to play in New York to have a legacy. He he got one mm-hmm. in New Orleans, like you said. So feels like a I mean we'll talk about it much later in the week. It just feels like such a huge game. Oh, it is. Yeah. From a in so many ways. And two guys who find motivation everywhere. I mean, all jokes aside, Patrick Mahomes feeling offended. Joe Burrow will find a reason to be offended. I mean, it, it's it's just Yeah. I mean I mean Burrow's pretty clear. I kind of like the Bengals as this game gets closer and closer and closer more and more. Well, I mean, and again, I'm listening to a lot of Bengals stuff, but the one thing that's pretty clear when you listen to people who cover the Bengals, who talk very clearly talk to a lot of Bengals, is that the Bengals took a lot of uh, of motivation out of being written off early in the year. Like, oh, you you forgot us, you know? They've won ten in a row. Yeah, pretty hard to win ten games in a row in the NFL. People just don't do it very often. There's a reason. So, I want to talk a little revenue sharing today? Something we had not discussed on the show. And I'll be honest, so many bills pop up these days in college athletics that I ignore most of them because it's. By the just, way, GJG twenty three is right. It was Damian Woody. My apologies, Damian Woody. Instead of who? Damian Woody was the guest on Rosillo's show. Oh, sorry. That's okay. who, yeah. He's he's very very good. So I want to give gotcha. credit, credit okay. where it's due. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I like Rosillo. By the way. Um, 
most of the time these bills pop up and I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever, because it seems like everybody's, in some ways it has become where politicians are looking for their own clout on doing these things, knowing they're going to get killed in session at some point, and you're just you're pandering in a lot yes. of different ways. Yep. Um, but what has struck me about this one, as dumb as I think it is, is that I had somebody in college athletics bring it to my attention a couple weeks ago um, and went, yeah, not today, but within five years, this concerns me. It was just kind of talking off hook, and I didn't even know it existed. And then a couple days later, Ross Dellinger comes out with a story on it, and you go, oh, well, you kind of tilt your head a little bit like a dog when they hear something or some sound out there. And this is in California, um, which is where several of these have spearheaded that actually have made way. I mean, NIL was out there, and then you've got that – that lobbying group that's all for the player's interest. I forget the guy's name. It's in the story um, that we've actually tried to get on the podcast multiple times, and he won't do it because um, we have a mutual friend, but he still won't, 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 won't go there. But Chris Holden, who's a, uh, a Democrat from Pasadena, has written this bill that um, is essentially, and I'm going to try to explain this as easily as possible. It's called the College Athlete Protection Act, and it requires just in California for now, the state colleges and universities to share a percentage of revenue with athletes participating in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball are the three sports that are tagged. Um, there is no revenue in women's basketball. I didn't say it. that's where I'm going. I didn't say profit. I said revenue. Okay. 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 Yes. So you're talking about the TV contracts now. The first of a thousand problems with this. Yes. I did not say profit. I said revenue. What you just described. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> there's plenty. Don't worry. So, essentially, it is picking out those sports because there's a percentage of money in revenue versus how much they spend on how much they spend on scholarships. They're like they're identifying money making sports by what they bring in versus how much a scholarship costs, and those are the three sports at most places that would qualify. Frankly, in SEC baseball, might qualify too, but that's not a problem for now because it's a it's a California thing. Does that okay. make sense? Yep. Okay, so the bill, it tethers a portion of an athlete's pay to graduation, does not consider athletes employees, which is something I'm getting to later, too. Okay. Um, requires schools to pay a bunch of medical care and scholarships for all athletes out of their eligibility, all kind of stuff. So, okay, let me break this down by part, because if I could go too much into the nut graph of what Ross does, it's going to get convoluted. The way it's written is that players should get 50% of the revenue from these sports annually. 50% minus what is spent on scholarships, okay? Okay. So just for easy math for people, let's say, and I've got Ole Miss's numbers. I'm actually going to go through this from an Ole Miss standpoint in a minute. But let's say School A made $50 million, and they spent $10 million on scholarships. Okay. Okay? So out of the 25 you take the 10 out for scholarships and whatever's left over would be just distributed to players. Okay. So you had, that, you, had, that you, had, you had 50 million and they paid 10 for scholarships. So they're left with 40, but they're left for 15 because it only comes out of their side, not the total side, but yeah. Okay. You just know what I mean? Whatever the number is, but yeah, that's how it works. Okay. So it's set up as no player in a year can make more than 25,000. However, the rest of the money would be put into a trust that they would get later for whatever that amount is over that amount. Okay. Got it. Yep. You're just describing the death of college athletics. That's exactly what I'm doing. That's yes. why I'm getting through yes. this. It's a poison pill. Yes. There are even some stipulations in here from this brain surgeon of a, of a diplomat <laughs> that he says there we can make some also contingencies to allow people to go after contributions and donations that end up in those sports as well. Yep. I mean, 
this makes no sense. Nope. Okay. So that's the main gist of that part of it. But here's where it gets even better. Um, by the way, the guy that I was talking about a minute ago is Ramaji Huma. That's the lobbyist that's always into this uh, okay. into this kind of thing. Um, blah blah blah. Let me find it. Hold on one second. Because this is this is the rest of it that is just simply uh, simply asinine in the middle of what this is. Um, it also says here that athletic directors, if they do several different things, several different things, uh, schools cannot cancel athletic scholarships based on the revenue sharing payments. Can't cancel scholarships. Schools reporting $20 million or more in revenue must pay athletes two years of post-eligibility medical care. Schools reporting $50 million or more in revenue must cover care for four years. Athletic directors could be suspended for a minimum of three years if they eliminate a sport, a roster spot, or a scholarship amount while paying an athletic administrator or coach a salary of $500,000 or more. So they're also telling you, you can't cut a scholarship or a sport or you're suspended for three years, but you've got to give 50% of your revenue to the players. So Again, revenue, not profit so, so even. Is, is this just... It's so dumb. Okay, so hold on. I'm, I'm getting to something. Is, is this... Forgive me for the people who are going to go, oh, you're getting political, but look, it's it's always the same. It's I, I would bet my life this is a Democrat. Uh, it's a Democrat from, from uh, Pasadena. Okay, so is this just a, a woke liberal doing the virt- virtue signaling thing, or is this someone who wants to kill college athletics? Because it's very clearly one or the other. I don't know. what is again, Because what they're describing is a completely unrealistic plan that would not work, would simply it would eliminate college athletics within it would week, literally weeks. literally only work if every coach made no more than like $150,000. And come on. I mean that's just not happening. Um I don't know because like I said I ignored it. I was like, yeah, usually I ignore these things and go whatever, somebody's trying to gain some clout points somewhere and whatever on wherever it comes from. But multiple people have gone I don't know, I'm kind of worried about this one. As time goes down the line, because here's the deal. I mean, from an old Miss standpoint, okay, I've got their money up from 2022. And again, this is, I'm not diving into the entire balance sheet, just the main totals. People, if you find a discrepancy, feel free. Okay. But I've been in these with basketball over the last few days with that other story. So I kind of knew where to look. Okay. Ole Miss total revenue in football was $73 million last year. Okay. Okay. Revenue. Revenue. Right. They spent $55 million. Okay. Leaving $18.6 million. Okay. Got it? Yep. That's football only revenue. Basketball last year, men's basketball, and counting the TV contracts, $12 million. They spent $13 million. Okay. Men's basketball lost $659,000 last year on the balance book. Okay. Baseball lost $1.3 million last year on the balance book, the way it's doing it. Okay. Now, there's the full media rights package and Learfield. There's some other stuff here, okay? Sure. Because that's the other part of this. It would require you to break down media rights for each individual sport to know what the revenues are for those individual sports. Does that make sense? Sure. Instead of this pile of just, hey, the SEC is paying $43 million per program, what do you do with that money? Because they would be trying to include that too because that's a huge reason. Hey, the players or YTV is paying this this amount of money. Mm -hmm. So under this guideline – 
taking out scholarships and at Ole Miss, and again, full rides will be a little different. There's other rules. Again, just bear with me here. Mm-hmm. But at Ole Miss, per player, the school pays about $64,000 per athlete a year. Okay. Okay. They pay about 30 grand in scholarships, 7,000 ish in nutrition, 8,000 ish in medical expenses, 4,800, 5,000 in strength and conditioning program stuff. The Austin payments, which Ole Miss was at the forefront of, and making sure the players got that amount of money they're allowed to pay them through Austin. That was another lawsuit that went through and worked. Right. And then academic services, 5500 bucks or so. So $6,500. $65,000. $65,000 per year per athlete on average. Okay. So the 30000 per athlete would come out of this total number because scholarships are pulled out. Sure. But nothing else is pulled out of this at all. So Ole Miss, just doing some quick math would need to take that $70 million for football, give away thirty, give away $28 million, give or take. On That's more than the profit is right there. So that means it's over. It's over that Just moment. that one number means Be- because the, that's be- it. Because you can't walk in with a, what's it called, a, sc- a scythe, like a, a machete, and yeah. just say, okay, well, hey, rifle, you're done. Women's golf, done. No, you can't do that. Men's they golf, say I know, you're that's what I'm You can't do that. So you because that, that, that would be the answer. People keep going, run it like a business. Okay, well, if you run it like an effing business, you're going to walk in and go, hey, no offense, no offense to tennis. We love you guys. Well, every sport. Yeah, I mean, I'm just every like, Olympic sport. You're walking over to track and field and going, hey, I know you guys have had some success, but we're closing you down like now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Women's golf. I know you got a trophy two years ago. Peace. The truth is, you're walking into like softball, going, you know, it was kind of worth it, but now it's not. You're gone. Truth is, you'd shut women's basketball down tomorrow. You'd yeah. walk in and go, get out. Don't play. Yeah. Don't practice. Nothing. But that's not, that's, it's not a business. But it's, it's, it's written to be so stupid on every level. It literally, every line of it is written to be stupid, which comes back to your point. Because yes. makes me wonder if we're, when you are we just say, virtue signaling here? When you also say we can't be employees, well, then you take away the school having the ability to charge you for the medical for the nutrition. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, Hey, if you're a business, that's right. not always included. I mean, you got to pay right. health insurance. I've got to pay health insurance. So suddenly the player would be paying health insurance. So we'd be paying all these things right. through the money given through this thing, or at least again, that wouldn't change what we're talking about, but it would at least bring in an element of sanity that is simply not existing in this. If there is any beyond what grind said, maybe of like bowl revenue sharing or something along those lines, postseason revenue sharing. I don't know if there's any revenue sharing on overall balance books. Literally the only way college athletics survives is for every Olympic sport and in, probably including baseball at most places and women's basketball at all places, almost to be club sports where the university funds them on the lowest level possible to simply keep people playing a game. And think about how many victims at that point, Oh, I mean, lose the ability to go to college. That sixty-five thousand dollars becomes four thousand dollars. Because tops. let me let me let me tell you. I'm not, I'm not diving into my own personal deal, but I've got two kids in college right now. One graduates in May. When people go, well, they don't get anything. Yeah, yeah, you do. The sixty-five thousand dollars. No, that's that is something. As somebody told me this morning, that's a pretty good salary for an eighteen-year-old. I mean, I got to tell you, I would have loved for mine to get sixty-five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. And both of mine have scholarships and all of that stuff, but still, college is expensive. College is expensive. It's 
My guess is that this is a this is the same state where the political people are out talking about five million dollars per person for reparations, which makes no economic sense whatsoever. Has a zero percent chance of of ever coming to fruition, but is a super popular thing to say on the, what is essentially constantly a campaign trail. It is a very virtuous thing, very woke. To say, hey, you know, everybody, we should get $5 million in reparations. This is, hey, the players should get half the money. No, they shouldn't. It doesn't work like that. No, it literally cannot work. It doesn't work like that. You want to call it pro sports? The players don't make half the money in the NFL. Make a lot of it. They don't make half of it. And the Buffalo Bills, for example, aren't funding a women's tennis team. Yeah. That's my, my, my thing always, you know, Stan Kroenke has a ton of different teams with him or his family or his LLCs or whatever. But the Rams don't have to pay for the Arsenal and the Colorado Avalanche and the Denver Nuggets, too. Right. They make their own money and make do their, their own, own deal. Right. Yes. The Rams aren't just funding everybody. But that's the way this works. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the model. And I'm not saying the model's great. I'm saying that you're destroying the entire premise of all of it. So the guy who's writing this is either virtue signaling or an idiot. The other sports at Ole Miss outside of those ones that I named specifically, okay. they lose a total of $17.2 million a year. The other sports. Of course. And that doesn't include the number over here that is non-sport specific that loses $5 million. And that's a number that on the balance sheet gets $40 million in media rights. Right. So that's $40 million that is non-sport specific going into a pile and yet when they run all expenses from non-sport specific, it still loses $5 million. Yeah, because every every dime, and I'm not picking on golf here, but every dime golf spends is a lost dime. They brought you no money in, right? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100%. And again, not criticizing. Yeah, I mean, the, the overall balance sheet for Ole Miss last year was a budget, which is why everybody talks about, oh my God, look at the huge budget. And again, salaries are crazy. There's lots of things. $133 million budget last year for Ole Miss. On the balance sheet, they spent $138 million. Yeah. I mean, it's not even run like what a business would normally run from an accounting standpoint. Of You're constantly not. just pulling and of grabbing not. and, yeah. you know. That's why when people go, well, just give him more money. It's not that simple. Idiotic. But... You have to watch it. And the fact that people are concerned about it. I had a couple people just go, hey, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just. Well. The part where you're not employees and you can't cut anything. It's like, okay, what what, what do you want me to do? You want every coach to go, I'm going to give away my $9 million. I'm just going to take $122,000. Cool. Thanks. Well, Well, you and I have talked about this before. There's the idealistic world and there's the real world. And I've told you, you and I have had this conversation many, many times. I'm convinced that a lot of people have no so so little real world experience that they just there's there's a lack of I said this on McCready and Siski yesterday. There's a lack of common sense in our country right now that is pervasive. And the good news is if you're a moderately intelligent person you got a chance to really make it big. And if you're a super smart person, holy shit, you can be a legend now. 
What used to pass as just passing is now exemplary. What used to be exemplary is now legendary. If you raise your kids, I mean, here's a, here's a parenting tip. If you raise your kids to be able to write and talk in sentence form, looking someone in the eye with an actual personality and voice inflection and stuff, sky's the limit. They don't even have to be very talented. Sky's the limit. Get them to actually be able to think critically and holy cow, man, look out. There's no telling how far they'll go. You think I'm kidding? No, no. Modicum of effort. Be able to walk into a job interview, look someone in the eye, have a conversation, do the small talk at the beginning, laugh a little, and then be able to switch gears, be serious, answer questions intelligently and thoughtfully, and be able to think somewhat critically. You know, the world is your oyster. Oh, I mean, I've told people, had whether it be interns or speaking to classes or anything else, two pieces of advice. Learn to truly listen when somebody's talking and then actually reply in a way that you were listening mm-hmm. and send thank you notes. That's it. That's it. Two things. Yep. That's it. Send thank you notes. Listen. You're good. You'll figure it out. It's going to be all right. Don't text. Call. Yeah. Use a voice. Yeah. So. I'll raise hell in my house, like because the girls will start texting downstairs. Oh, it drives you insane. And I'm like, nope. Do you really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to teach that. You gonna text your way out of every problem? No, you got to communicate. You and I could have a text conversation where I would think, man, he's pissed off at me. <laughs> like, what's he upset about? <laughs> and then if I talked to you and I heard your voice, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's not pissed off. Yeah. Or maybe he's just kind of having a shitty day. Or it's like the people, you know, you write okay with no punctuation or like K, and you're like, hold on a minute, what'd that mean? Yeah. Hey, well, hold on. Well, hold What's up. the issue? Are we, yeah, we, are we, yeah. We about to scrap? What are we doing? And it turns out they were just short. They were in a hurry. They were driving. Yeah. Especially with voice text, because sometimes they don't get the period always and it's sure. all over the place. Yeah. And, yeah. So, anyway, that's the new thing. There's always something. That's the thing today is we're trying to kill college athletics at its core. So um, I, mean, I know we're going to stop, but at what point do the people step up publicly? Because I think this is what has to happen. People step up publicly and go, yeah, that won't work. It just won't work. Well, and I th- look, Not, I think it, that's where it will go if it ever tries to get bread out of California. I think for now you're going, okay. Well, what do you do if you're at USC or UCLA though uh, you're, right you're, now? You're joining the Big Ten. I mean, don't you have to push back if you're and they will at surely. some point I mean publicly though I mean you, you, everyone is so scared to push back and go that's stupid that doesn't work no yeah I mean it's you know it's the whole deal of like I said on the show yesterday someone goes I'll identify as a cat well you're not a cat doesn't matter if you identify as a cat you're not a cat I don't care. You think you're you 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 think you're a cat. You're not a cat. You're you're just not. You're a person. It is what it is. I think it goes away once it. If you're you see or UCLA, I don't know. I I have no idea what that means. I mean, I I got I got nothing. Because again, it's it's. Well, someone at one of those schools though is going to take a little. I mean, I can't even imagine saying this. The courage to go, yeah, that would put us out of business. It's impossible. That won't work. You're an idiot. 
Michigan's probably very happy about it right now. Go and yell. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cancel yourselves. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, I keep waiting for someone just to go, hey, congressman or whatever his name is, come spend a day. Let me show you the books. But I, I, I don't think that guy, my guess is that he's so far off in woke land that that guy could, he could look at those books and he wouldn't understand the numbers or would choose not to understand the numbers. We wouldn't care. Go fix it. Because he's the guy that goes, well, He's if, making too much money, so stop that. Okay, you, I, you identify well, as a cat. The, the, we we, we should treat give, you like a cat. Why? What they give, and we'll, we'll stop here. Where is this? Hold on. Paragraph here. Humo, which is the lobbyist guy. Yeah. He says there's additional revenue not revenue not categorized by sports, such as donations, that can be reallocated to athletes under a revenue-sharing model. There are other ways to shift around funds to pay athletes, such as, quote, decreasing exorbitant coaching salaries in football and basketball, slowing facility upgrades and renovations, and reduced staff sizes. So basically saying just shut it down to a JUCO level, and then you can pay the athletes. I mean, look, sometimes you look at the football team pictures, and there's like for every player, there's three staff, and you go, is that really necessary? I get it. But the answer is, in today's world, that to be competitive – Probably yeah, it's, so. It's, it's, you got to have, I mean, it's, it's an arms race. Yeah, it's an arms race. Yeah. And the same, the same kids that want to get paid, they also want to play at the best facilities. Yeah. And if you don't build them and you fall behind, all of a sudden the kids are like, well, I didn't like school X because their facilities weren't as good as school Y. Yeah. That's it. So. And so, you know, and if you were to say, hey, look, here's what we're going to do. The programs that make money, we're going to treat them like programs that make money. We're going to, like, if you're running a business, if I'm running a business, and I got six salespeople. I got these two people over here are, are, are producing the overwhelming line share of my revenue. And I got the other people over here that aren't doing jack. Who am I taking care of? I want to keep the ones that are, that are making the money. I don't really care if Jimmy and Susan over here bolt. Yet you can't run an athletics program like that. You can't walk over to women's tennis and go, hey, listen. Peace out. Uh, do not buy new rackets. No new uniforms. Do not travel. Don't stay in hotel rooms. Because that was actually the first version of this law picked up, or this bill, whatever, picked up zero traction because it didn't have enough flexibility for some Title IX stuff. And they were like, no, we can't do that. But they shifted around some mm -hmm. things and then reintroduced it at this uh at this juncture. So, I mean, you want to do this? You got to start talking about erasing Title IX as it pertains well, to athletics. And no one's going to do that. Yeah. Because the truth is, I mean, from a from a production standpoint, if you were to have a soccer program at your school, you'd be better off having a men's soccer program than a women's soccer program because you get more people. Oh, what they're doing here is actually even more I mean, they're destroying the entire system, but on a more micro level, they're they're punishing women. Yeah. They're doing. Yeah. The so, same people who care to yeah. who, who will tell you publicly that oh, we 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 fight for the women. Yeah, no, you're not. You're, you're, what you're doing is threatening them. Yeah. So, all right. We'll close there. Thanks to Gabe for his time today. Again, Ole Miss and Missouri, six o'clock tonight from the pavilion for uh, that one. Try to get some updates on Matthew Morell and whatever else is going on there from uh, from that. Back with you again tomorrow morning. We'll talk some NFL, some more leading up to the uh, the final four, the semifinals in the NFL this weekend. So, I uh, hope all of you have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you then. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com